0: Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee, joined by Billy Derrick and Luke Wyatt. We'll talk Vanderbilt football. The Commodores had a scrimmage yesterday. That was Sunday. We're doing this Monday morning. We'll talk about that and some practice stuff from last week. But first, we're welcoming a new sponsor to the show. And by the way, we could use more. We still don't have a sponsor for, for football season, if you can believe that or not. Biggest piece of real estate. We don't have a sponsor for that. But anyway, if you're interested, let me know. Email chrislee70 at gmail.com. Anyway, our new sponsor, it's John Levine and the Maynard Nelson, excuse me, Maynard Nexon Government Contacts Group. I cannot read my own stuff here. Maynard Nexon advises government contractors on all aspects of their needs with a proud focus of matching legal solutions to business needs. We thank them for their sponsorship of our show for the coming year. Very excited to have them on. And again, that, that helps us pay the bills around here. All right. The Commodores are going to start paying some bills soon, including some on the stadium, I'm sure, which was a little bit of a hot mess yesterday. But uh, I guess let's start there, guys. That's been a hot topic lately. We were in the stadium where Billy and I yesterday for the scrimmage, Billy's first trip to the press box, which was in good shape, (laughs) Um, looking as good as I've seen it look since I've covered Vanderbilt. But uh, boy, the stadium is a little bit of a hot mess right now that there has been confidence from day one. That they will have things ready for opening day, even if that means a suspended scoreboard and and all kinds of bells and whistles that aren't standard procedure over there. I guess is a good way to say it. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this in two years from now. But in the, in the meantime, we we went through a little bit of a maze to get on the field into the press box yesterday. We're going to get a tour of things. I think was it Tuesday. Were they going to show us a little bit more yeah. about stuff, Billy, and where fans come in and out? And I look forward to that. We'll be passing that along. But it was an interesting atmosphere in which to watch a scrimmage yesterday. It really was. And, you know, Robbie Weinstein and I were walking
1: onto the field together before across the field, you know, over to the press box side. And I told you, Chris, it was kind of kind of eerie and kind of it was just so different than uh than than what you know, Vanderbilt fans are used to seeing. I look over to the other end zone and you know, it, it felt like a different venue. Uh, walking across that field, but you know, I, I throughout the game, I got used to it. I'm sure the players did too, and it was good for them to get on the field and uh, you know get used to that setting. Uh, because Clark said it, it's it's going to feel different than uh, than it has been. The the wind is going to blow differently, and I'm sure there will be some upset kickers and maybe even some punters after uh, after a few games this year at the at First Bank Stadium. But no, it was it was good to get out there and kind of get our bearings, and then like you said uh, Chris Tuesday, the, the media will get a little tour of everything. So, uh, so that'll be good too.
0: Luke, you've been in there. I'm sure. What do you make of the shape? Everything is in right now.
2: Uh, Well, you know, the the things I'm curious about, first of all, do we know a number on capacity yet?
0: Billy, I'm thinking maybe 25,000 tops.
1: That's what I was thinking. There's nothing official yet. Uh, we're told that there will be uh, an official announcement soon, but yeah, nothing official yet.
2: Okay. And the second thing I noticed, I was over there the other day, not for practice, but to visit someone at the rec center and uh, just got curious and walked down and, and got as close as I could without getting into a, the construction site. And on game day, it looks like there's only going to be two entrances. I'm thinking down by the student, what I call the student gate, down by Memorial, and then the main entrance uh, up by Natchez. But I'm not sure how that will work. I, I mean, I'm thinking you better get there 30 to 45 minutes earlier than you used to, if you're a fan.
0: Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, I know what from they, the that's what media standpoint- recommended. Yeah, sorry that didn't mean to speak over you there. I I think from I know they want us there before the gates open as media, just to to make sure we get in okay. And I'm I'm telling you, I'm planning on doing that. Now I may be watching a lot of other games on my iPhone once I'm there, waiting it out, but it it's going to be something you need to plan around. Now the good news, Billy, they had the the bones of a lot of the basketball facility up. You could see the, the decks. You could see all the steel girders. You could you kind of see where the floors are probably going to be, and that part was kind of cool yesterday.
1: It was, yeah. They, they've made some progress over there. I think the next step is is seeing some progress on the football side of things, and obviously maybe they have put that off uh, because of how tight it got to the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I that they've they've made some progress over there. Uh, this more than just one steel beam up. I know we celebrated when one steel beam was up, but there's obviously more than just one now, and. Um, you know, it's you can see the sort of indentations for you know if that's even a word of the seats that you can sort of start to see it come together. I think that'll be exciting for
0: uh, for fans to see as well. Well, all right, let's talk. Go ahead, Luke. I'm sorry.
2: One of the quick thing, you know, from I'm speaking again from the fans' perspective, I think they're still going to have a way for a a, a new star walk. So if the fan, I, I've had a lot of people ask me, will there still be a star walk? Well, obviously, we have to get to the stadium somehow. It could be like a few high schools do where they somehow come through the stands. Uh, I don't know insurance-wise how that works, but that would be kind of cool if they did, I think.
0: Yeah. All right, gentlemen, let's talk football. I had to miss a couple of practices last week just due to, to family conflicts. Luke, I don't know how much you got to see. Billy, I think you were there for most of it. Luke, I'll start with you. What has stood out as we're now what three three complete weeks into camp? Maybe anything that popped last week that we haven't discussed. I'll give you the four first here.
2: Yeah, this is more uh, Billy's seen more actually actual practice time than I have, but I've seen a lot of film. Uh, I actually have a connection to that. But it, 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 at any rate, what strikes me we're two we're less than two weeks out, and I feel probably more confident than I did when camp began. Um, Again, you know, it's the same worries we've all kind of spoken to. The tight end position is still a bit of a worry, although I think we're going to have more wides in the game anyway, more wide outs. Uh, I don't think the use of the tight end as far as the passing game goes will be uh, near as much as it was last year. And and then, of course, the the other question is I I think I feel good about what the first two running backs are going to be, but that third guy, it's anybody's guess right now.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right, Luke. And Clark said that after uh, after the scrimmage, he said, "Right now, we we like cheeks and we like Gillespie, but you know we're waiting on a third guy to step up." And uh, you know, I was a little surprised he was that direct with that uh, with that running back spot. You know, they've they got three freshmen back, three freshmen battling it out right now: Alexander, Newberry, and Benson. Newberry looked looked really good, I thought, in the scrimmage, um, and and he showed he showed some home run capability, and he's shown that throughout fall camp. He's a guy that. I think might surprise some Vandy fans this year. If I had to make a, a, a hot take prediction, I would say he takes that spot. Um, but again, we'll see. They, they they like their the depth there, and uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna have a guy step up there. But in terms of the other parts of that scrimmage, Chris, I thought the cornerback play was a little bit better. And Clark said that he said last week was was a big week for them. They they put on some boxing gloves, which is an interesting strategy two weeks before camp to. You know, avoid holding penalties and uh, just practice a little bit differently. I thought it would, that was interesting, and and he said it frustrates them, but you know they're they're learning from it and and they're they got better. I mean, he he said it was cleaner uh, in in the second scrimmage of fall camp. Obviously, Swan, I think he was uh, seven for ten with 128 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ken Seals, I thought played well as well, but the receivers. Shepard Skinner we know what they can do we and we saw them a little bit in the scrimmage but London Humphreys was the freshman that stepped up in uh, in this scrimmage Chris and and I know you uh, you obviously got to see him in that scrimmage and in the first scrimmage as well but the second scrimmage he was even better I think he had a long uh, 70 yard touchdown in that first scrimmage but man this second scrimmage he really showed his worth I thought and you know we saw in the first scrimmage London uh, Junior Cheryl did, did the same sort of thing so you know they they like the young depth there, uh, but also the the overall depth at that wide receiver spot and and uh, Humphreys was was my MVP if if I had to pick one for the scrimmage, Chris.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that you guys both touched on things that I think are, are worthy topics right now. The the going for wides to me, if you play to the strength of your personnel. No, look, I don't know. How ready these guys are, if they know the full route tree yet. I mean, there's always stuff. You you guys see guys flash in scrimmages, and you're like, oh wow, this guy needs to be on the field. Well, we don't know how much all that other stuff that that they know or don't know. But if I'm just going on talent, I would rather have four wides on the field. I think at this point than than an extra tight end or even a tight end period. Um, that, well, I mean, Justin Ball had an decent camp. I don't mean to short change him, but it's clear to me that the the receiver room is is way stronger than the tight end room. And, and I think we thought that going into camp. But I think the emergence of Junior Cheryl and London Humphreys, who I could argue have been their best two freshmen in camp. And, and I think that I think that would be my two picks right now. There'd be a couple other guys that, that I would get into too. But I think those are my best two true freshmen to camp. I think they're going to see the field because they have to see the field. They're too good not to. Luke, I wanted to circle back to something you said about running backs. You said you felt good about two guys. Because I think right now their top two guys are Patrick Smith and Chase Gillespie. Is that, is that what you were thinking?
2: Yes. But I don't think okay. a question about that. Barry's uh, okay. the home run guy, but Cedric, Cedric Alexander's been there longer. So it gives him a bit of yeah. a probably in the first game, I would think would be the first back uh, of the freshman to see the field, will be my yeah. Just because he's been well, there more reps.
0: Yeah, in my mind, I think they're two most talented backs, and maybe in this order, Newberry and and Alexander. Um, again, when when you're a running back and you're a true freshman, you got to pick up on a lot of stuff. You know, you you miss a pass pro, and and you get your quarterback killed, and that's something that keeps freshmen off the field. But I think in terms of talent, uh, Billy, and I think you agree. I, I think that that's their most two, their two most talented running backs.
1: Yes, I like Newberry. Right when he committed, he was a Colorado commit, and be- and I, I want to say before Deion Sanders was even able to really get to him or talk to him, Vanderbilt sort of plucked him away from Colorado, and he was he was one of their better uh, better commits. And so, and, and Clark Lee said that he he's reached up to twenty miles per hour in pads, so he might be in terms of ceiling potential, whatever you want to say the best back on the team. But in terms of experience and and what they need at that position for this offense, obviously you're not going to start him right away. You like Patrick Smith, Chase Gillespie, but Newberry is a guy. I mean, we've seen freshmen running back come up on the scene in the SEC before. I think about Quinshawn Judkins last year, Chris, I'm not saying Newberry is a Quinshawn Judkins, but I, I think down the stretch of this season, you you could see some, some bright spots for, for Newberry. But I think they like Benson, too. The the future is bright at at that running back position.
2: Uh, Yeah, I haven't seen – go ahead, Luke. I'm sorry. Uh, One thing I want to interject, and, uh, Billy, this was at the end of your interview with Clark, that I noticed, and I'm sure you picked up on it, too, Chris. uh, He mentioned that Newberry has done a great job of picking up – doing his job blocking. Now, that's probably as important as anything of those freshmen. So. Mm That, I agree. I think as time goes on, Newberry will be the guy. I just think Alexander, since he's been there and had more reps, will be the first one to see the field.
0: Right. <clears throat> Let's shift the discussion to the other side of the field for a minute because cornerback is a position we have watched all camp, and I'll, I'll turn this to you, Billy, first, and I'll let Luke respond with his opinions. But I think we were a little surprised – when we went to the scrimmage and their starting corners were BJ Anderson, that one wasn't so much a surprise, but, but Tyson Russell, the other one, I think you and I are are both pretty adamant that Martell Heights, the most talented corner on their roster. I I don't even think it's a debate Mm -hmm. and Trudell Berry might be second, but again, um, there are mistakes and things that come with youth. I don't know if that was just a, that's the direction we're going right now. If that's a, Let's give our older guys kind of a, a last chance to win the job, or or what that was. But I think you and I were both probably expecting Martell Height to be on the field yesterday to start. He was not. That's the last. That's probably the biggest thing I'm watching on defense. There's some other storylines of interest too. They're really everywhere at this point with the injuries. But that was the thing that I think surprised both of us yesterday.
1: Yeah, and, and you know maybe it means. Russell and Anderson are going to start game one against Hawaii. Maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe they just want to try it out, but I, I do. My gut agrees with Luke and what he said last episode that Barry and Anderson will will most likely start um, because they have, they have earned that right uh, to go out there in the first game of the season. But Martel height has, has shown his worth, So he is more than capable of being plugged in there at a moment's notice and, and performing well. Chris on the topic of of the uh the corners I thought Russell and Barry looked a lot better this week. I don't know about you. I just thought there weren't as many uh hand penalties uh, that late, you know, on, on a deep ball. They they weren't just burnt or you know toasted lot like, like they were in the first scrimmage. Now, they had some other guys back healthy on that defense that helped, I think, but as a whole, I thought they were a little bit better and even you know a, a guy a guy like a uh, I like, like a Russell who we thought is, you know, maybe obviously not the best option at corner, but I mean, he has been there um, and and he's done that. And uh, of course, Anderson, I, I thought, you know, he's been he's been fairly consistent um, in uh, in fall camp. So, yeah, Martel Height, Chris, is, is obviously the best uh, the best corner on the team. Uh, but that doesn't
0: mean he'll start game one. Luke, what are you seeing from the corner competition?
2: Well, as Billy said, the last episode, I I, I still think the way Clark uh, manages his football team, it will be the guys that have been there and done that. And that's Russell and Anderson. I do think Barry and Hyde are going to play a ton. And uh, how early that'll happen, I don't know. The thing you don't know about those two, they haven't been under the big lights. Now, I love the fact that our schedule, we started home in front of whatever it's going to be, 25,000 of just Vanderbilt fans pretty much for Hawaii and Alabama a and I love that. You know, so many years we've started on a Thursday night at South Carolina or something like that. That's a huge advantage for Clark and his staff. And I think that's what's going to play into, it's almost like you're crawling, you're walking, you're running. And our schedule sets up perfectly for that. Uh, I would rather play uh, Vegas before wake flip those two. But besides that, I love the way our schedule's going. I know I'm a little off track there, but I think that that will be why he will give these guys one more opportunity to see what they can do. All
0: right, gentlemen, I'll start with you, Luke. I'm kind of intrigued by the options on the front seven on defense right now. I think both the Pattersons have, have had great camps at linebacker. I, in my opinion, that's their best two linebackers right now. But Ethan Barr has been hurt for two weeks. I think Clark Lee referred to him as a starter the other day. You've seen Bryce Cowan uh, getting, I guess, starting run at, at that, what is it, the anchor position. I, I get the anchor and the star mixed up all the time. The one that's the DB um, linebacker hybrid. Cowan's been getting reps there, but that's C.J. Taylor's spot. He hasn't – I don't know that he's taken a scrimmage rep all camp. Uh, they they think he'll be there for the opener last i checked so that's been intriguing to watch just the the battles there uh, Brian Longwell a, a guy that's a, a true freshman that's really come up lately and and made a lot of plays uh, i think on the on the front end i, I think you you kind of know that that Nate Clifton's going to start at one spot i think Devin Lee will start at another spot in the middle Agu had that in locked down until the injury um and now they're, they're rotating a lot of bodies there and then DeCosmo has had that other side locked down, but they've got some guys behind them. Luke, what do you make of the, the state of their front seven right now? And, oh, by the way, Christian James we've not mentioned. That's a kid that they're going to get back at some point, although I'm, I'm guessing at this point if we've not seen him, it's not going to be the opener.
2: Yeah, I think you take the opener, you take Ago and James out of the equation and then, then look at it. And I think you're going to see them rolling a lot of guys in on, that, on the front line. I think you're going to – it doesn't really matter who starts. I think you're going to see a lot of guys get snapped so they can see what they've got in game situation. I 100% agree on the linebackers. Uh, uh, I, the, I, something about the Longwell kid, he just seems like an old soul as a freshman to me. Uh, yep. The way he carries himself, I heard him speak on uh, the Pike or Billy's when he's talking to the kids the other day uh, and just hearing from other people over there. I really like his future at Vanderbilt. Now, not to say he's going to come in and not blow everybody's doors off this year. But, man, you know, Ethan Chris, the kid from Mount Juliet, I haven't seen anything from him, but I watched him in high school a couple of times. He's going to, at some point, it'll click with him. Uh, I, I feel really good about the front seven. I think it's the best front seven we've had in a long, long time. And rolling guys in, I don't think it's going to matter up front who says, who's, quote, a starter. Because they're going, a ton of, uh, they're all going to play a ton of minutes.
1: Yeah, I think the coaches would agree with you, Luke, and and they're really excited about this front seven. You mentioned Longwell, Chris. He is very mature as a freshman, and you know he wasn't extremely highly recruited. I made sure to ask him about that after after the scrimmage, and he had the best answer I've ever seen from a freshman. He said, "I'm not worried about you know proving people wrong. I'm I know what I'm capable of. I'm going to go out there and be myself." and and that's a common theme with a lot of these freshmen. London Humphreys, very mature as well. Junior Cheryl. I mean, they they don't lo- not only recruit athletes and talent and and you know length and all those different attributes. They they're recruiting to uh, to to the school and, and to the person. Uh, so I, the holistic approach we we always hear about that and then the, the the philosophical approach from Clark Lee, it's true. And 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 I, I I've noticed that with a lot of these freshmen. Also on the front seven, Bradley Mann, Chris has, has stood out to me as of late. Uh, he had a really impressive tackle for loss where he just ate up. I think it was Cedric Alexander. It was one of the running backs. And, of course, Langston Patterson and Kane Patterson continue to impress. Ted Gregor, uh, Gregor had a sack. Uh, so he's a guy that I think they, they've they got some work to do with with, uh, with him uh, physically, uh, with his body. So I don't know how much he'll play this year, but he, he's a guy that I think they, they like and project well for him. Uh, and then other than that, we know what uh, what you're going to get from a Davion Davis, who, of course, uh, hasn't been playing a, a whole lot. Uh, but Christian James and Darren Agu being out right now, that has sort of opened the door for a Linus Zunk. And, uh, you know, Miles Caper's getting back healthy to Cosmo and, uh, and even younger guys like Demarion Thomas. And, and I already mentioned Bradley Mann. So, Luke, I 100 percent agree with you. They're going to be able to really rotate. More than they've ever been able to, uh, especially with the past couple of years, they just haven't been able to do that. And, and by the go ahead, ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say by the end, by the late third quarter, fourth quarter, they've got the same guys out there, and they're just, they're gas, so they're they're going to be able to rotate guys, and and they'll have fresh fresh legs in the fourth quarter. And I think that's that's something that's really important for this team this season.
2: No, you stole my thought there. Uh, that's that's what I mean. Fourth quarter. How many times have we seen right? The old adage, they play you good for a half or they play you good for three quarters and they run out of gas. I, I can remember uh, my days at Vanderbilt, players on the sideline, you just look at them and they have that uh, deer in the headline look in the fourth quarter because they've gone up, they've looked at two or three other guys throughout the game and they've been playing every snap at their position. Even though they were as good as that first guy, but then fourth quarter, you know, they got nothing left. So that's the exciting thing for me. It's the best dip we've had in a long time really
0: is yeah and one guy i forgot to mention iso wataha i think he's going to take that other end spot my guess yeah. is that's who's going to start there agu will eventually when he gets well i'm guessing he's going to miss the first couple of games maybe be back for wake forest is, is just my guess well that, and, and uh, think about
1: that chris we forgot about iso ataha that's how much yeah. depth is on this defensive line that's right that's, that's a good thing that we forgot about
0: the <laughs> marion todd so, and, and yeah. yeah, and that, that was the next one I was going to go to. That Luke, uh, Ted Gregory has really shown up. I mean, the mm-hmm. first week or two, I, I didn't really notice him being out there. It seems like he's made a lot of plays. Now look, some of that is it's still the fall camp portion. And so most people are getting reps mm-hmm. and, and they're not, uh, you know, so the, the, you may see some guys getting a lot of reps right now that you don't see getting rep in the season or maybe the, the, the week leading up to Hawaii practice, which at that point, fall camp, which is a misnomer because it's hotter than anything out there every day, um, is going to end, but I, I digress. Yeah, that, I think they've, they've got a lot of bodies there. That, that that end spot has just been a turnstile lately, I think, as they're looking to, to mix and match and see what their options are. I don't, I don't think that's because they don't feel good about their options. I think they're still in the experimentation stage where a lot of these guys move inside and outside, but that's my guess as to to how they're going to settle. But I want to throw something else at you guys. Um, and I, I'm going to throw this one to Luke, and then I'll do that. Billy, I'll give you time to, to get some ad reads together and get our mailbag ready. I've got uh, another radio spot in about 20 minutes, so we're going to have to pace ourselves here. But I'll let you get prepared for the mailbag. We'll ask Luke something. Um, Luke, I, I remember when Clark took over two years ago and I, I would do radio things and, and people would just ask me was like, guys, their roster's in bad shape. Um, I, I just don't, I look around. I don't know who on this roster is going to contribute, you know, like could could plug in at Kentucky or Ole Miss or, you know, much less Alabama or, or, or Georgia or somebody and help another team. I, I just struggled to name guys at that point. Ironically, probably the, the first one I would have named was Ken Seals. Uh, and he didn't play a snap a year ago. I think, although I think he'll play some this year. I look around now, and the the, the talent assemblage and development just looks much different. I mean, they got a lot of kids that would play other places. Will Shepard, CJ Taylor. I think AJ Swan could could probably play for some teams in this league. Um, you know, and a lot of guys that might not necessarily start, but I think would be would depth pieces in the secondary on the front seven. Certainly, a linebacker. You know, as bad as it's been for Vanderbilt over the last 60 years in football, something happened in April that's hadn't happened in, I think, about 30 years. That was the second year in a row they didn't have anybody taken in the draft. That tells you a lot about how bad the talent had dropped. And I think probably the overriding storyline to me, Luke, had just been how much better – They have gotten – I don't know if they're going to have a winning season, get to a bowl game. You're probably a little more confident about that than I am. I wouldn't rule it out for sure. But there's a big, big, big difference between what we're watching now and what we were watching this time two years ago.
2: Chris, there's no question that. And and like last show, I I mentioned that Clark and Barton, uh, those two for sure, and everybody else over there uh, has done Yeoman's work. I mean, everything they do – is intentional, Um, you know, and and I'll compare him a little bit to Jared and staff when he was at Vanderbilt. Uh, Rick George was one of the recruiting guys then. And uh, he probably is the closest thing that we've had uh, as far as just breaking down talent, understanding talent uh, since Barton Simmons. And and I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we are where we are after year three. Now, You know, again, and you have to always mention this, vanderbilts it's always going to be the depth piece that's got to stay healthy. Uh, You know, we're talking about what, now six, seven guys still haven't practiced much at all. Well, in the past, if those six or seven had been off the field, we'd be like, oh gosh, here we go. We're done. We can't even beat Hawaii without these six or seven guys. Well, that's not the case anymore. We're just thinking, okay, we got to get them ready in, in a month. When conference play starts, that hasn't been the case at Vanderbilt. So, I mean, I, I'm uh, I'm over the moon with it. I, I, I feel like we're ahead of schedule. I know Clark would kill me for saying that, <laughs> uh, but I think they're ahead of schedule, uh, and they're even ahead of schedule a little further than I thought they would be at this point.
0: Billy, we've got the mailbag
1: ready. Yes, we do. We've uh, we've got the mailbag ready, and it is brought to you by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at eight six one five eight four six six two hundred 846 6200 to see what your rights are and if they can help. All right, really good first question here from VU Superior. How did Davion Walker play, and does it seem like he can contribute this season? And I, I hope that that person that, that is asking that question knows he's playing corner now. And uh, Chris... Well, i I've, I've been trying to keep an eye on him i'm not going to say he's he's uh you know lit the world on fire but he's done better than i thought he he would have performed um now I, again it we've seen him for a few practices and and one scrimmage um i think will shepard did have a catch over him uh, in the scrimmage he's still trying to get his bearings straight switching positions uh, and you know, obviously the coaching staff is helping him a lot with that but uh luke i'm not sure if you've seen anything from him but uh, he is uh, he is playing corner, and, and that will be an interesting, uh, interesting transition.
2: Well, athleticism uh, comes to mind first. Uh, he's definitely not one of the top four guys out there, but he's the kind of kid that if he develops and something clicks, you know, he can help you. But I think he's more next year, in my opinion.
0: Well, Billy had a pick in practice yesterday. Yeah, I, and I was, was sitting next that, to you. Yeah. I was I was kind of waiting for a flag to be thrown. Um, <laughs> I, I thought he got a little handsy, but I was watching it from the press box, and there were officials there. It wasn't called. Um, he was he was right there with I don't remember if he was on McGowan or who he was on, but he you know you don't see a guy make a pick usually in a scrimmage in his first week at, at that position, but that maybe that's a good omen. And Luke's right. You talk
1: you talk about athleticism with him. He's got that part of the position, right? I think the technique is is uh, is exactly what he's got to got to figure out. Second part of uh, VUP here is question: Did Brian Longwell come out of nowhere and now looks like he can play? Luke, you uh, you sort of hinted at that. How how much do you think Longwell
2: actually gets in this season? Well, I, I think if we stay healthy, he won't play much. I, I mean, he may play special teams and all that, but I, I just feel like. He's another kid I look at for 24. Uh, I just think that, man, there's, they, I, it's, you know how you just look at somebody in the gut feeling you get about a kid? He's one of those that I just feel like he's going to have a storied career at Vanderbilt. Not that he's going to be Jamie Duncan or somebody like that, but just solid, like a Matt Stewart, like a Nate Morrow, those type of guys. I think he's going to be in that category.
0: I would answer the question this way. I, saying he came out of nowhere, that, that, that's a little strong. I, I would put it this way, but most freshmen come out of nowhere if they're going to contribute in, in week two or three. Like, a lot of freshmen show up in, in the first week, they are very anonymous just because they're getting used to being out. Like, mm-hmm. I, Billy, correct me if I'm I don't think London Humphreys did much his first week. No. The, the kids that weren't there in the spring – that's common. I mean, Quincy Skinner is one of the few guys I can think of that I've seen recently that that popped, like, right away. Um, and then it went the opposite way for him. He was really good the first week of camp in, in 2021, and then came the drops and, you know, maybe not learning the finer points of the game or whatever came with it. I don't think Skinner he either caught zero or one balls his freshman year. So, usually it happens the way that it's happened with Longwell and Humphreys that first week they're just kind of feeling it out and – Playing it's guys that are better for them than them for the first time. And then maybe week two or three, it clicks. That's kind of the way it's gone with, with Humphreys and with, with Longwell and, and really Cheryl too. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at it, Chris and, you know, Longwell's
1: a talented guy, but that linebacker spot is one of the more, you know, depth filled positions on a team. I mean, they've yeah, they're they're loaded right now at, at that position. So, uh, long, well, will play in the future. Not sure exactly how much uh, this season. All right, let's go to Vandy Mick 7. Uh, what can we expect for the opening game at First Bank Stadium? And I'm guessing he's referring to logistics and getting in and out of the stadium. How how smooth will it be? Think, things like that. And uh, Chris, I, I guess we'll start with you on that one.
0: Get there plenty early, Mick. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's night night kickoff. What is it? It's Six thirty, Chris. So you got plenty of time to, to get there early enough.
0: Yeah, I would I would be be parked no later than four thirty just to just to have a panic free experience.
1: <laughs> and another note, I was told about I was told about a shuttle service potentially, uh, Chris. I'm not sure about the details there, uh, but there will be details released specifically Tuesday. So, and, and I'm sure you'll you'll be all over those. Um, uh, Chris, so we'll, uh, we'll learn more about that. Uh, let's see here. NBA door. Should we be more concerned about the corners or the tight ends at this point? Good question. Luke, you want to start?
2: Um, well, I would say tight ends just from the standpoint of there's, there's the depth. Um, uh, you know, you had a couple of kids last year that didn't put up great numbers, but they were very dependable, good blockers. And showen Wald and uh help me with the other one. The Bresnahan. Bres- yeah, Bresnahan. Uh we don't have that right now. I do think Justin Balls had a good camp in my opinion. Uh but the other guys are just unknown. So I would say tight end.
0: Chris. I'm gonna go opposite. And this is why. I think you can you can mitigate tight end depth with the way that you're seeing Cheryl and Humphreys play. I mean, Quincy Skinners had what, two 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 Sundays ago, he's probably the MVP of that scrimmage. Um, Will Shepard has just been unstoppable. Um, Marion Carter's made some plays in there. I mean, Richie Hoskins, every practice we look at you, other and go, this guy's making plays. He's a walk-on, but he's making plays. Maybe that's a little bit of an indictment of the corner room, but he's made a one-hand catch the other day over the middle. Um, I feel like they can mitigate the tight end spot. You can't really disguise issues at corner. Right? Not like you're going to put – six linebackers out there and, and have them <laughs> cover guys. I, I, to me, that's, I'm more concerned about corner at this point. Maybe, maybe height comes along and, and is, you know, locking it down by year. And I, I don't think a true freshman usually does that, you know, maybe it's Barry and, and height in the, the year. And we're feeling pretty good about things headed into next year, which I'm, by the way, I'm, as an aside, I'm feeling pretty good about 2024 in terms of the talent of the schedule might kill that, but yeah, i i just don't think you can w- when you've got some issues at corner which i think they could have i don't think you can disguise that very easily yeah i mean we've talked about
2: pass
1: rush uh, maybe helping you know the the secondary a little bit but i think to an extent right that, that there's only so much i think mean, now it can help but your corners are your corners and and to a point most teams are just going to put the receivers on an island and say hey go beat this guy Right. So and, and that's hard to stop. You know, if you double team one guy, you got another guy wide open. So and, you know, we saw that a, a couple times last season. I'll go corner, too. Uh, but again, the tight end uh, position, I think they will feel that hole at, at times this year. Right. Not, not saying they're totally fine there, but, you know, they'll also feel uh, feel that hole as well. All right, Five Star Door asks, talk to me about the running backs. Is there any chance we have a competent running game this year? If the opponent can drop seven every down because we aren't a threat to run the ball against four down linemen, we are in trouble.
2: Luke, I'll let you start. Well, yeah, that's that's obvious. It's a, that's a captain obvious thing. If we can't run the ball, they can drop seven. So I, I don't. Honestly, I don't worry about the running game. I really don't. I think the offensive line is so good and I think they're very good. I think they're middle of the pack in the sec. I think they're somewhere between the seventh and the 10th best offensive line in this league. Again, I always have to say unless someone gets hurt. Uh, and I feel like they'll be able to, the, the backs are competent enough. If they get a crack, they'll be able to get the three to four yards we need each time. And, uh, where our passing game is going to be so much improved that we can throw it to him out of the backfield. I think Patrick Smith does a good job catching the football, and that's going to be huge. That just adds another receiver. So I'm not, no, I'm not that concerned.
1: Yeah, and Chris Patrick Smith has has looked a little bit better. I think, at least from my eyes, uh, the the last week or so catching ball in the backfield and, and looking a little bit more explosive.
0: Before I give you my answer, I'm going to remind you that our podcast is brought to you by the wash house. Are you dreading laundry day? If stealing time to do the things you truly enjoy is an issue, let the laundry professionals at the wash house take care of that for you. With two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area, just drop off your dirty laundry and our professional attendants can give you back. The one thing you can never get enough of your time with 24 hours, you can pick up your nicely folded, clean and fresh laundry ready to be put away. Check us out at washhouse and shop. Stop in today and get your time back. Okay, I, I don't think their running back room is catastrophic. I want to be clear. I, I'm still not crazy about it. I, I think that their best two options aren't one and two on the depth chart right now in terms of talent. Can can you get 4.1, 4.2 yards a carry? Yeah, if you can do that, I think you'll be okay because I think the passing game has got a chance to be really good. So I, I mm-hmm. think it just needs to be good enough. I, I don't see it is any more than that. I don't see it being a strength of this team. I, I think that when they play the Georges of the world, the teams that are just dominant up front – uh, you, you might be lucky to see them post 50 yards rushing uh, against Hawaii, Wake Forest, UNLV, teams like that. I, I think they'll be competent. I, I, we'll wait and see. Um, Smith has gotten better, as you said. I think Gillespie's been the system now for a couple of years. And, again, I like a couple of their younger options. But they still got a lot, of proof, a lot to prove to me at this point.
1: And another good thing, there's depth there, right? If Gillespie doesn't hold up his end of the bargain – all of a sudden you've got a freshman right there behind you nipping at your heels, ready to take your spot. So, you know, there's really no room to relax for any of these, these, these starters at, at most positions. I mean, you know, you could say that about a lot of positions on the, on this team this year. You can't really relax if you're a starter because there are young guys right behind them. All right. Yeah. Let's get to uh, midges VU. I'm really reading and feeling a perhaps middle of the pack in the SEC offensive line, or at least in the top eight this year with depth. Luke, you just referred to that. And we all know if you're in this range in the SEC, you're talking about a top 30-ish offensive line in all of college football. Do you all agree or disagree with this assessment and opinion, and why? Good, uh, good observation there.
0: I'll let Luke hit that one.
2: Yeah, like, like I just said, I, that's one of my favorite parts of this football team and one of my favorite position coaches. Uh, I think when you have it both, uh, you know, Vanderbilt in the past has had good offensive line, but, but maybe didn't have any depth. This, this team's got nine guys that you can go to war with. Uh, the, the, the thing that strikes me about it, and Billy, you, you and Chris maybe speak to this a little more than I could, seems like to me it's the same guys. They're out yeah. those five. And, boy, they, they work as a unit. And that's the whole thing. If you work as a unit in harmony as an offensive line, you've got something. And I think they've got something.
0: Billy, I've got about five minutes before I've got a radio spot. So let's let's pick our best ones. Before you do that, a reminder, our podcast also sponsored by the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, which is a family-owned third-generation milk and ice cream distribution company located in Murfreesboro, a partnership began over 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville to provide locally produced Purity milk and ice cream products to consumers in Middle Tennessee. The collaboration has continued to expand, now includes Southern Kentucky, Northern Alabama, and the Chattanooga and North Georgia area. As our service area increased, so did our product portfolio. Today, we supply grocery stores, convenience stores, schools, and more with Purity products, and have also added Mayfield ice cream and Nestle and Haagen-Dazs ice cream. For more information, visit the website at mpmci.com. Our fridge has been stocked with Purity ice cream late this summer. Uh, It has been a miracle. I've not gotten heavier than I have. Thank you to the gym down the street. We'll, we'll, We'll push for a sponsorship there, too. Uh, but yes, it's it's a phenomenal product and I've really enjoyed that sponsorship. Billy, let's get a couple and get me out here so I'm not late for what I've got to do next.
1: No, we don't want that. And Chris, we also had ice cream after practice one uh one we day, did. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. So who would have thought that? Uh but let's keep rolling on. We got a couple quick ones here. Number one from Omador, which position group has looked better, offensive line or defensive line?
0: I don't know that I have an answer,
2: Luke. I think they both look great. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. And, and you know, when you're practicing, you want it to be 50-50. And I think they both had their highlights. But the consistency with the offensive line, I'll give them the slight edge.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I really like what I've seen from the defensive line. Uh, the offensive line has been so consistent, though, that – but then again, you look at the running. I, I don't think the run blocking has been as no. good as I might have expected. So I'll go I'll go D-line. I'll go D-line. I really like the depth there, and I think they've looked really good.
0: I'll tie break based on this, okay? if If you've picked the defensive line, Luke's on the fence, and I was on the fence, who's been healthier? Hands down, it's been the offensive line. Yeah, well, I mean, I say that Jake Ketchek has been out all camp. I guess we kind of built that in that there's been no Christian James, there's been no Darren Agu. So I, I would say if it's close, I would give a slight edge to the D line just because of a couple of key guys are missing. So anyway,
1: all right, real quick, Section M nineteen, are we wearing all black versus Hawaii? I don't think any of us can answer that, but they did release a new uniform combination uh, with the, uh, the 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 gold helmets uh, with the with the white V. Uh, they got a, a revised black jersey and gold pants that look a little bit more like this Vandy Sports logo on the screen here so it looks like a different shade of gold. Luke, I don't know if you've gotten a look at them, but uh what do you what do you think?
2: I have and as an old-time equipment manager, I think the first game he'll go tradition, which is gold helmet, black jersey, gold pants.
1: Okay. There it
2: is.
0: Chris, any, any thoughts there? <laughs> Was was that they, – they teased something on the graphic yesterday. Are you saying they put out something this morning that's a little different than that? So, yeah, they,
1: later last night, they actually put out the entire uniform combo that they're using for media day today. Uh, but okay. they haven't released the combo versus Hawaii. I'm sure they will game week, though. But
0: Okay. I, I saw something on the graphic last night. I couldn't tell much different, but I did like the the gold helmet, black top, gold pants combo that was out there. I don't know if it was part of it, but – yeah. And there's no shoulder cap.
1: Last year, at least on this first black jersey, last year they had the stripes uh right on the gold stripes on the black jersey. No longer at least on this combo they released last night. So, I'm sure we'll uh we'll continue to keep track of that, Chris, but that's all I got.
0: No no excessive anchors and chains? <laughs> no, there there
1: were no anchors or chains seen uh on the uh on the combo last night.
0: Yeah, those those u- uniforms the the deep water uniforms uh, they were I, a lot I'm not sure I'm not I'm, I'm not sure that the the people that intended to be dragged to deep water were the ones that got dragged into deep water many many <laughs> Saturdays but in any case uh, boy that's we digress <laughs> yeah go- glad we're not covering that in hello but anyway <laughs> you know and I I like Derek Mason I saw him at media days I like him as a person but my goodness I was just thinking I think this morning is like I'm, – I'm so glad we're not back in that 2019-2020. Uh,
1: yeah, I actually put a picture out on Twitter last night, two pictures. One of them was the 2019 release of the gu- of the gray – basically all gray shoulder cap. And when have you ever seen gray in a Vanderbilt football uniform? This year, you just saw released uh, really, I think, the simplest and most classic look you've seen in a while you yeah. know, since James Franklin – which I think some fans like, and and uh, you know they they might think is a little symbolic. So, you know that yeah. the, the uniforms are changing. So so is the
0: program. All right, gentlemen, I've got to get out of here to do a radio thing in a couple of minutes. Thank you both for joining me. I don't know if we'll do. I, I think Billy, you and Joey have talked about doing a show this week, so I may let you guys have at it and stay out of it. We'll see. Maybe I'll join you, but uh, <laughs> Luke, I think we'll have you join us. Goodness, next week will be game week, won't it?
2: Gotta do a game weaker.
0: Yeah, Crazy. we'll figure out the date on that. Uh, Billy, you'll you'll be doing your your pregame show that I'll turn you loose on, and then we'll have we'll have something else for you. But in any case, we, we may or may not have another episode this week. Uh given the way that you and Joey are always pestering me uh, about doing a <laughs> podcast, I have a feeling we'll come up with something. Uh and, yeah, and then Joey. probably back to three next week.
1: Joey's got some ideas, so um, I I feel bad if I don't listen to him.
0: All right. For me, it's just finding (laughs) the time. But in any case, gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Uh, This has been the Vandy Sports Podcast. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Luke and Billy. I'm Chris Lee, the host. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again next week.